You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thanks for listening and for subscribing. My name is Wes Goldberg, and I'm here as always with David Ramil. And we're here recapping the Heat's 93-75 to win over the Hornets on Sunday. After being listed as doubtful with a bruised right hip for the game, Dwayne Wade scored 12 points in the fourth quarter to lead the Heat to the win. I'm really going to miss miss that. You know, he, he's a warrior. He knows how important a game like this is. But just the fact that, uh, you know, he wasn't even able to go through the walkthrough, but then he does everything he possibly can. And he texts me after my media session and says, Coach, I, I can give you, uh, you know, a couple minutes and we'll see from there. And it's really just to set the tone for the team. Uh, you know, and then Hassan had a talk with him as well. I'll let Dwayne tell the story on that one. Um, but that's the kind of message that uh, you love your young players getting from a Hall of Fame player, that they're going to carry on, you know, the rest of their career. So I said, D, just give us two minutes. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Because <laughs> I remember uh, having to go to Hassan a lot of times early when he first got here. And to be like, yo, big fella, just give us what you got. So he came to me and said, yo, D, just give us two minutes. I just started laughing. And I said, Coach, I'm going to give us what I got. Hassan came up to me. I got to play. Wade finished with 17 points and 8 rebounds in 28 minutes. And now the Heat have a two-game lead on the Hornets and a one-game lead over the Magic for the number 8 seed. A big win for the Heat's playoff run, David. Uh, you were there covering the game in Miami. What were your takeaways? A couple. Uh, you hinted at the the Wade thing, and I think that was pretty big because he was listed as doubtful. When when Spolster gave his pregame press conference, uh, he mentioned Justice was out and that Wade wouldn't be available. And so then when we finally started to see the, the scoring sheet for the in, in the pregame, it didn't list Wade as doubtful, so we assumed that maybe he'd be available to play. We didn't expect him to come up as big and to play as many minutes. So um, there was some joking around after the game that he was just supposed to go in for a few minutes, but uh, Wade, and Spolster kept him in there, and, and of course Wade came up big. So that was a big takeaway from the game was how monumental Wade's performance was, but I guess we should get used to that at this point. Um, I think also the fact that the starting lineup looked so bad, that was another thing that really stood out. The game was really sloppy, not just because of the 1 o'clock start time, uh, maybe because of a late night from a lot of the Heat roster. Um, yeah, you know, they not were, at the run, Wade. Yes, they were at the Wade uh, event, a charity event on Saturday night, and I'm sure that probably slowed things down a little bit for them. Um, Justice Winslow wasn't available either, and right. so most of that starting lineup looked really, really choppy. They just couldn't seem to get anything flowing well. They had a lot of open looks. They just weren't able to knock them down. And I know we'll talk about that a bit later. So that was another takeaway, how intrinsic Winslow has become to this offense and something that we wouldn't have said, I think, three months ago. And now it's clear that he is a big part of at least the pace at which the starting unit is most comfortable running. So that's another thing. And and then James Johnson stepping up big. Uh, well, wait, can I, can, can, I, can I stop you absolutely. with the Winslow? Okay. So I, I noticed the same thing. And, you know, you don't really think of Justice as – you know, this fulcrum on offense because he doesn't put up a bunch of point totals. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. not a big score guy. But it did seem like from the outset that without Justice being in there, you know, waiters had to do a lot more facilitating. Uh, Josh Richardson had the ball in his hands a lot more as opposed to being sort of like the secondary option. Right. Uh, because the Heat started uh, Derek Jones Jr. Who's not a playmaker. Place, which I think... 
who's not a playmaker, and I think a lot of people, okay, well, maybe you could start Dragic in Winslow's place or something. I actually thought DJ getting the, the starting nod was the right move. I liked that move because I thought his defense was really important. Like, it if was. nobody was going to score, at least be awesome on defense, and they were. Um, so I, I think that, you know, not having Justice in there, now all of a sudden, like, Waiters is looking around, Richardson's looking around, like, okay, are you going to do this? Like, am I going to do this? And I think they had a hard time just getting into the offense, and they didn't really have Winslow to play off of. And Winslow has become so important in that way. And especially with that drive and kick that Winslow's been getting really, really good at. Like, quietly, right. sneakily, like, he's getting to the rim early, often, almost at will. And, and with his height, being able to, like, find open shooters out on the perimeter, it's been really helpful for them. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit, too, about the defense on Kemba Walker, which is basically the entire Charlotte Hornets offense. A lot of trapping. We've seen a lot of trapping from the Heat lately. If they're not in the zone, then they are trapping guys high up in pick-and-roll situations. I thought Derek Jones Jr. was big on that with Kemba Walker. You mentioned James Johnson, who we'll talk about here in a little bit um, when we get to our Twitter questions. But in this game in particular, came, coming in off the bench behind Derek Jones Jr., did an all, you know, all that activity, all the running around that we're used to seeing from James Johnson, he looked fresh in this game too. Absolutely. And he was able to knock down two of three three-point attempts. So that was you know some nice offense on a night when uh, a game, uh, sorry, when, when offense was hard to come by, at least early on. They did finish with 93 points. I wasn't sure that either team would break 80. Um, and Hornets obviously fell short of that. Uh, it looked really sh- sloppy there for a bit. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the defense, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was a big point, obviously, a point of emphasis from Spolstra. And in postgame, he did mention that that was the key to to defense. And uh, I think you have a good quote about that as well. But either way, he, he, was, he's, he was really, really happy with his team, the way they were able to perform. Uh, and the, the fact that they were able to limit what Walker was able to do and then kind of put the pressure on Charlotte's shooters to come up big. They were without their own starter, Cody Zeller. Not that that's a huge name, but he makes the offense on Charlotte's end a lot more smooth because he sets such good screens. Biombo, who was starting in his place, uh, not nearly as efficient as a screener, not much on offense, really just bad hands, doesn't have any kind of go-to move, and he's just a He's kind of just out there. He is. He, he is. was just sort of out there. Like, um, Kemba Walker... I should mention uh, 10 points on uh, 4 of 16 shooting, 2 of 8 yeah. from three-point range. Only was able to put up 4 assists because nobody on his team was making shots either. We got Before we uh, move on to our Twitter questions, got to talk a little bit more about Dwayne Wade. Spolstra mentioned how he's going to miss this. And it, I, look, I mean, every time Spo talks about D. Wade, like there's a twinkle in his eye, right? Like there's a little, like there is a little bit more there. There's, there's oh, yeah. the, it's emotionally charged. Um, he, he laughed. When you, were get, when you got to watch him afterwards. He laughed. Bit. He laughed discussing yeah. Dwayne Wade. I, I mean, that was it was kind of eerie, actually, because you don't really see Spolster laughing a lot. But he was just, he was almost like buzzed just talking about the performance. Like, he, the fact that he was able to get on, on get so much out of Dwayne on a night, on a game, sorry, where he wasn't available or, or didn't think he was going to be available. It, it just brought such joy to Eric Spolster. It was unbelievable to see. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna miss that man. It's gonna be like these are the the cool things, right? Like this. I'm glad you got to be in the arena for that too, because that's that's just like one of um, that's just a moment in this final season for Dwayne Wade that I'm sure you're gonna get to remember, and everybody's gonna remember who watched it. So just you know, more just cool. It's not quite like the buzzer beating three against the Warriors, but this is just Dwayne Wade stepping up in that reliable way that he always has throughout his career, and he's built a Hall of Fame career. On moments like this, um, so again, just cool to see this um, in in his sixteenth year. Absolutely, we'll take some of your Twitter questions after this break. 
The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all of the above, MyBookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't know the answers, MyBookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everybody, and I'm talking about you, multiple bracket guy. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the very best customer service in the business, and the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking within 48 hours, folks. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Let's go to Twitter to answer some of the questions that you sent in using the hashtag AskLHeat. This one comes from R.Mayer, who writes in, Do you think Spolstra will use James Johnson come the playoffs if we make it? Wing defense will be a priority, especially against the Bucks or the Raptors. David, James Johnson in the playoffs. What do you think? Because he's been out of the rotation. This was actually the first minutes he's had after seven straight DNP CDs. You know, similarly to what we were talking about, Spolstra's feelings about Wade, I don't think they're quite as, as strong, but I think he has admiration for what James can do, and I think he wants to rely on him. The fact that he hasn't been fully healthy, and I think that was a big part of it. And he mentioned that also in his postgame, that he really empathized with James Johnson coming back from injury, not playing a lot or in recent stretches, and then having to kind of just step up because of Justice's injury. So uh, I think he'd like to rely on him. He likes the activity that you pointed out before. He likes his ability to make plays, to be an active body. Um, those things certainly come in handy. Uh, you know, his defense was a little bit suspect against the 76ers in last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been moments here and there where he's been really great against the Bucks, in particular, the game that you and I saw in uh, late December, he was fantastic against Giannis Antetokounmpo. So if that's the first round matchup, I would expect Johnson to get some playing time. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I think it's just too little too late at this point. He's, mm-hmm. he just, he's only in the game tonight because Justice Winslow is out. So if, if Winslow's How about this? How about injury this? lingers... I see. The, the reason I think that... Okay, let's say let's say we do match up with the Bucks, which seems pretty likely. Would you rather have Derek Jones Jr. at 120 pounds trying to guard out of Dekumpo or James Johnson? I think they put Bam on, on Giannis. I think that they tried Justice Winslow on Giannis. I think that's what they do. I just... I really don't think that... Like, James Johnson did look fresher tonight. Like, I'll give him credit. Yeah. I just think... I think he... He's just not right, man. Like, this is just not his year. And I think you've got to shut him down. And, again, I expect that to be the case. I really do. I don't know whether it's a matchup. Like, healthy James Johnson, give him every day of the week over Derek Jones Jr., period, on both ends. But he's not healthy. Um, And so that's the problem there. So I think, uh, ultimately, it's going to be those eight or nine guys, depending on how Rodney Magruder fits in. No, he's out. Um, I think he's out of the lineup, yeah. For the playoffs, I agree with that, too. I, it just there's not enough there offensively and defensively for all the effort that he gives. He can be exposed. He can be dominated by bigger bodies. I mean, it has to be the perfect matchup. He got some playing time against Kemba today, and he was a big yes. part of that activity, trying to you know harass Walker and 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 kind of keep him from his his normal offense, and that worked. 
But I just I don't know that we're going to. So see we that think right Wade, Dragic, Whiteside, Derek Jones Jr. That's the bench off the bench. Yeah. If if Winslow, as long as Winslow's healthy, that's the big if, right? Because he's still questionable going into Monday night's game against the Thunder. So we'll see. Like we'll see how severe this is. I, I just I hope this doesn't linger because we just talked about how important he is. Yeah. Um, Becca writes in Becca, who's the host of Locked On Wizards. Shout out Locked On Wizards, uh, doing good stuff over there. Becca writes in. In what ways has Bam Adebayo developed this season, David? I know you replied to her already on Twitter. You think that she's scouting out Bam Adebayo for a potential Bradley Beal trade package? That's maybe a little jokingly on my part, but uh, that kind of seemed like what the, the it was. It seemed like feelers that she was putting out, right? Like, yeah. oh, what's the key there? I don't know. Maybe she's they're on a mission at... from the Wizards front office. Yeah. Grunfeld is like, hey. <laughs> Do me a favor. Talk, talk to those locked on heat guys. I mean, I know they're trying to look to develop their own young big man over there, uh, Bryant, and uh, maybe that's why she's curious about it. But as far as Adebayo's development, I mean, I think he's just gotten a lot more comfortable. He's still not doing much on offense, but he's kind of just taking his what skills he does have offensively and putting them to better use, and he's getting more playing time. So I think we're we're starting to see a lot of those things that we saw in his rookie year kind of come together. I, I don't know that he's necessarily... I, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't know that he's necessarily taken a huge leap as far in his development so much as he is just grown one year in the system and kind of just had more experience and playing time to kind of put it all together. Because we still see right. moments from him where he's raw. Uh, but given his athleticism, his versatility on defense, and the fact that he sets good screens and rolls to the rim with aggression, I think those kind of things really show up there as far as his impact on the on the game. Yeah, I wanted to. I I included this question here because I could have saved it for whenever we do a mailbag this week. But um, he he did seem more comfortable in in this game in particular. Like he is. I, I agree with you as far as an ability, a skill level. I don't know that he's really taken much of a leap. Yeah. But he does seem more comfortable, and when he seem and because he feels more comfortable, he is getting more aggressive, and that doesn't necessarily translate into scoring all the time, right? Yeah, I did, just being I did more get... aggressive, like willing to put the ball on the floor sometimes, or doing like stretching way out in high pick and rolls and trapping way out. Like that's an right. aggressive defender. He just seems like he's doing more stuff and really putting his imprint on the game. Like Spo likes to say, put your fingerprints on the game. Sure, he is starting to do that. He's not just trying to fit in. He's like, hey, these are the things that I do. I'm gonna go do well, and I'm gonna go do those things out on the court. And what he's and what ends up happening is he makes other guys adjust to him. Like Bismarck Biombo had to adjust to him, you know. And I think that that's a been a key thing, not only for Bam and his ability to in that starting lineup and, and kind of making things work and click into place, but just that two headed monster now with Whiteside and Bam out of bio. Like that's 48 minutes of really good center play now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Whiteside. Another solid game off the bench. Not a hugely impactful day, but, I mean, he made a positive impact, made some nice hustle plays, got some good blocks, Mm -hmm. uh, deterred Walker a couple of times when he went towards the rim. So, all in all, a good showing from Hassan. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Biombo because that was my feeling is that when he saw Biombo in the starting lineup, he said, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to be a little aggressive. One of our followers on Twitter said that, you know, this was his – Attempt to try try and fill the gap uh, made by uh, you know uh, by justice in his absence. I don't know if that was necessarily the case, and I didn't get a chance to ask him after the game since I was waiting on Dwayne Wade. But at the same time, I, I get the feeling that he saw Biombo there and said, "This is a matchup I can take advantage of," and 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 he did. I mean, he was dominant early on. He took like four shots within the first couple of minutes of the game. Um, it looked to get his scoring going early and often, and uh, and it worked out. I think for him, he had a, a pretty pretty big game. Yeah, you like to see that. Um, yeah. Our stat of the game is next. 
It's time for our stat of the game. Take that for data. David, what do you got? Look, it's a positive day. I hate to do it, but somebody has to point it out. Uh, one of the things that really stood out was how the starting lineup in particular, outside of Adebayo and maybe Derek Jones Jr., uh, how they really struggled. I mean, you can throw Derek in there as well, but I, I was looking at Kelly Olenek, Deion Waiters, and Josh Richardson, uh, and they're combined 7 of 34 shooting. Um, you know, that is even a little bit mis- misleading because the reality is that Deion Waiters caught fire in the third quarter, and yeah. he had four three-pointers in a row after missing a bunch of his shots early on. Um, but yeah, seven of thirty-four when Justice is out, not good. And and you could say Justice has a positive impact and has a nice you know uh, flow to his offense and how he controls the pace and everything else. But the reality is they were getting open looks. I mean, Josh was doing what he does. He was doing the pull-up drive in the mid-range, and those shots just weren't falling. And he, you know, we talked about this a number of times with him. You know, he, that starts to snowball. He misses his first couple shots. He gets frustrated. He gets on in himself, and and next thing you know, he's two of seventeen like he was tonight. Uh, not not a great showing for him. Dion kind of salvaged his performance by by knocking down those three pointers because that was a big difference in the game. I think uh, obviously, I mean Miami won by 18 points because largely because of that shooting and and Wade's performance as well. And Olenek one of seven. Uh, you know, no excuse for that. I don't I don't think uh, you know with Marvin Williams on him that should have been a matchup that he could have dominated at least offensively, and he didn't really seem to have any kind of flow yeah. to his offense. He, some of the shots were nice. just wasn't knocking him down. There was a lid on the rim, man. I don't know if that's due to just that that night whatever over, kind yeah. of hangover from Saturday night or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Um, there was a lid on the rim. And and I think Richardson and Waiters, they were like 0 of 12 or 0 of 13. Like they missed their first 12 or 13 shots yes. going into halftime. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, uh, again, on a night where you just, you need every bit of offense when Justice isn't out there, that, that was tough. Um my stat of the game is nine, which is the amount of home games the Heat have uh, of their next 13 remaining games of the season. So, again, of the 13 remaining games on the schedule, David, nine of them are on the road. Also want to point out, seven of them are against teams with 41 wins or more already. So, look, we know, we, we've talked a lot about the Heat's schedule going forward. This was kind of like the last little bit of easy stretch here mm-hmm. it gets really really tough i think they also have three uh night three back-to-backs coming yeah. up too this yeah. for the first one being tonight against the thunder they've got two more coming up um there's not a whole lot of breaks on the schedule so this is this is go time you know this this really is and, and they're fortunate that they do have a little bit of a cushion now over the magic and over the hornets uh going into these next 13 but you know one of the things that we keep talking about is the kind of renewed energy and enthusiasm this second lineup you know the backup lineup really has uh, uh, you know we didn't talk about Goran Dragic's performance at all, but he was fantastic. Like, yeah, I mean, 10 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 7 of 11 from the field, 19 points overall, 4 of 6 from three-point range. He was aggressive. He wanted to get his shot off. Uh, at one point, he looked off Dwayne Wade and kind of kept the ball and, and just was looking forward to, to shoot from the perimeter, and he knocked down the three-pointer. It, you could tell he was in a real comfortable rhythm there. Uh, and hopefully if you get performances like that off the bench, then it kind of takes some of the pressure off that starting lineup from having to come up big in these moments, uh, you know, these difficult moments as far as the schedule is concerned. Look, that Thunder game, I think everybody kind of looked at it as a, a scheduled loss. You know, they, they were rushing out of that locker room post game because they had an early flight. They had to get to Oklahoma City tonight just so they can kind of rest for tomorrow. Um, they're not shooting around, so they're still trying to – you know, calm down after a big win over Charlotte. So that's going to be a difficult one for them. I think they acknowledge that. And the Thunder are obviously very good at home. So 
it's not going to be an easy one. And again, more challenging games in the future as well. But Miami, you know, as we keep mentioning, it's a team that's difficult to predict. They come up big in in weird moments. And so maybe this is a good opportunity for them to show that they're getting to that phase, you know, right before the playoffs where they're playing at the highest level possible. And and look, I don't like Charlotte has been sliding this whole time. Like, I think they're basically out of it. Like the way they're playing, I don't see them turning it around. And I don't trust the Orlando Magic either. Even I know they beat the Hawks, but um, I don't trust them. So if you're gonna like, look, if you're if you're telling me pick of these three teams, like I know strength of schedule, blah blah blah. I still trust the Heat over any of those other teams. Um, We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game versus the Thunder. One that Russell Westbrook will sit out after being suspended for picking up his 16th tech the other night. Uh, David, that should help the Heat, right? No Westbrook? No, no Westbrook. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Justice is out, which I expect that he will be, um, that, that mm. makes things a little bit easier. Maybe this is the Dion Waiters revenge game for Oklahoma City for not re-signing him a couple years ago. I like that. Uh, you can connect with us on Twitter at LockedOnHeat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, including Spotify. Rate, review, and say nice things about us. Check out the Patreon page for exclusive content that helps support the show. Thank you for spending some time with us today. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.